God is our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roam and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, but he lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thank you, Elizabeth, for reading for us. Let me add my welcome to St. Jude's tonight, to those who are joining us online and to those who are with us at Parkville and here uh, at Carlton with us. My name's Sam Oldland. I'm the pastor of our Uni Church congregation. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight and a joy to be exploring this psalm together. Over the next six Sundays, uh, today and throughout January, we're going to be exploring our psalms from the book of Psalms together. Uh, this book, also called the Psalter, is a wonderful a trove of rich treasure for us as Christians. Not only in the book of Psalms do we find God's word to humans, but we find human words to God. It's a wonderful expression of faith, of relationship with God. And for God's old covenant people, the Psalms were a, a treasured songbook with varied responses of human faith to God. Many foundational passages for Jewish faith are found in the Psalter, such as Psalm 1, which acts like a manual to read the Psalms and the whole Torah. And as Christians, we inherit these treasures, these blessings from the book of Psalms, and even more as we see Christ revealed, foreshadowed in the Psalms. The Psalms provide for us language for worship, language for lament, for confession, for praise. And the Psalms help us to know God better, to know our world better, and to know ourselves better. So why don't I pray that as we get stuck into the Psalms, God would do that for us. Let me pray. God, as we read your word, as we explore the Psalms over the next six weeks, please help us to know you better to know our world better and to know ourselves better. And we pray that as we do, it would drive us to love you and worship you with our lives. Amen. Well, I wonder, what are you most afraid of? Maybe the thing you're most afraid of is spiders, right? And if there's a spider in the room, you either need someone else to come in and deal with it for you, or you've got to burn the house down. Those are the options for dealing with the spider. Maybe a bit like my wife, it's snakes. 
Uh, and if you see a snake, the only thing to do is make your husband carry you several hundred metres to give the snake a wide berth. Or maybe after this strange year that we've had, you have new kinds of fears, fears of people being too close to you or fear of your laptop camera accidentally being on when you didn't think it was. There's those kind of icky, tingly, shiver up your spine kind of fears that we feel, right? But there are also deeper and, and more sinister fears. Fears that play on our minds and shape our, our decisions and our lives. Fear of the future. Fear of being out of work. Fear of sickness. Fear of being lonely. Fear of failure. Fear of never achieving your dreams. Fear of a person who has hurt you. Sometimes fear can be both sinister and kind of funny as well, right? Like the fear that drives people to hoard toilet paper and pasta. Uh, it's kind of funny, but it, it reflects a deeper fear that people have for not having their basic needs met. In a recent Australian survey, young people, teenagers, identified among their major fears their own mental health, the degradation of the environment, being unable to find work to support their families, and economic instability. These are pretty intense fears, right, for teenagers to be experiencing. And they're the kinds of fears which threaten to take over our minds and take over our lives. Well, Psalm 46 that we just heard read is a psalm which gives us comfort and confidence in the face of fear. Maybe tonight you know all too well what your fears are. If that's you, let this psalm be a comfort. Maybe you feel like you're not sure of deep fears, fears that threaten to overwhelm you. If so, praise God for that. But fear will come in different seasons of life. And so let's arm ourselves with this psalm to know in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, what to do when we find ourselves afraid. We're going to work through this psalm together and we're going to see as we go that we need not fear because our God is powerful, because he's present with us and because he protects us. He's powerful, he's present with us and he protects us. And I hope that as God speaks to us by his word tonight, we will feel the confidence and the soul-nourishing trust that these people feel in God. So the, the writer of the psalm begins with this wonderful statement in verse 1, this exclamation point of trust and confidence. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. This opening statement is a summary of the whole psalm that's to come. And in fact, if you're looking for a statement to summarize the whole book of Psalms, this statement of trust in God through trouble would make a great candidate. We're not sure precisely what the trouble was that the psalmist writes about here, perhaps a war with a neighboring nation or the threat of natural disaster. But whatever they were going through, they trusted God. For this follower of God, for every follower of God, God is our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help. 
He's our refuge. He's the place we can flee to in order to escape danger, like a strong roof in a storm or high ground in a flood. And God's our strength. When God's people, when we are faced with obstacles, oppositions, trials, God strengthens us where we are weak. He provides the strength to honour and serve him. I don't know about you, but I see God doing this in my life all the time. There are so many seasons and situations where I don't have the strength in myself, but afterwards I can look back and see God providing the strength, providing what he knows I need just time and time again. God is our refuge, he's our strength, he's an ever-present help in trouble. This is one of the, the incredible truths that I hope remains with us from this psalm. God is with us. He's present with us. He's not on a distant cloud wrapped up in his own issues. He doesn't look down on your life like a neutral observer. No, he's intimately involved all the time in your best moments and in your hardest. And that makes all the difference. When we come to look at verse four to seven in a moment, we'll see the amazing blessings of God's presence with us. So God is our, our refuge and our strength and our help in trouble. And because God is all those things, this psalm shows us, we can trust God in the face of fear, no matter what, no matter what. We can trust God amid the chaos of nature, have a look at verse 2 in your Bible there. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is nothing around us in the natural world that could make us fear because God is our refuge, our strength, our help. For these ancient people, the, the natural world was a source of uncertainty and danger and chaos. Sometimes that's still what the natural world is, isn't it? My in-laws have just arrived home in the last week from serving as missionaries in Kathmandu in Nepal. And they arrived there in 2015, about two weeks before a devastating earthquake hit that country, which killed 9,000 people and flattened large areas of Kathmandu. They were shopping when the earthquake hit. My father-in-law was standing in the street with a friend as the ground began to sway and move under them and electrical lines began falling around them. My mother-in-law was in a shop and had to rush out with the crowds of people fearing that the roof would fall on their heads. They spent weeks sleeping out in the open on a basketball court due to the, the risk of aftershocks hitting. And every time one did hit as the alarms went off, the consuming fear would come rushing back that it was happening again. Even these last nine or so months of our lives have been defined by the chaos of the natural world, haven't they? A, a virus that has invaded humanity's existence, crippled economies, taken millions of lives. These are situations that feel like chaos. They feel out of control. But no earthquake can shake God's love for his people. No wave could sweep God's people out from his care and his control. 
Of course they can't. God is sovereign. He overrules everything. He's in control of every mountain, every earthquake, every fire. God is powerful over every corner, every moment of our earth. He is the one who hung the stars in the sky, who formed this earth and everything in it. And yet that big, powerful God is with us. He's close to us. That's the amazing truth of verses 4 to 7. Let me read from verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. The, the language here of, of chaos and danger in the natural world turns to language of a peaceful and nourishing river flowing through the city of God. We're reading the Old Testament so that the city of God here is the city of Jerusalem, the place where God dwelt in his temple among his people. God is present in this city, protecting this city. And God's presence with his people is one of, the, one of the great themes of the whole Bible, the whole narrative of Scripture, and it's one of the wonderful and unique things about the Christian faith. The Bible begins with God's presence, God with his people, right? We see God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. And there's peace and joy and abundance in God's presence until the humans betray God and what happens? They're banished from God's presence. And then the whole story, all of history, is a story of God and his people being reunited. Humans coming back into God's presence, which is the only place we truly, deep down, belong. The Bible is a story of coming home. And the last scene of the whole story in Revelation 21 and 22 is a picture of what it's like when people are once again reunited with their God, when he is present with them. There is no more death or mourning or crying or pain, and all things are made new. So, so here in Psalm 46, somewhere in the middle of this big homecoming story, there's a glimpse of what it's like when God is present with his people peace and protection and gladness it's the way things are meant to be it's shalom peace and no earthquakes or wars or anything can overcome the God who is present with his people and friends the good news for you and for me is that God isn't just present in Jerusalem anymore the city of God isn't just Jerusalem the city of God is us God is present in us. We are God's people, not just in one city, but in countless cities across the world. God is present with us, just like he was for these people, and even more so because he's in us by his Holy Spirit. God is within us. We will not fall. God will help us at break of day. Isn't that amazing? God is present with us, even in our deepest griefs, and troubles. Notice that the psalm doesn't promise an absence of trouble, but promises God's presence in trouble. Sometimes God does change our circumstances for us, 
Sometimes he changes us through our circumstances. Either way, he's present with us. He helps us. Martin Luther, who was the great father of the Protestant Reformation, was hunted and persecuted by the Catholic Church for years. And this reminder of God's presence in Psalm 46 was a great comfort to him. Luther wrote a hymn that you might have heard called A Mighty Fortress is Our God, based on this psalm. And when in great distress, Luther would often call out for this psalm to be read, saying, let us sing the 46th psalm in concert and then let the devil do his worst. Luther could carry that kind of deep trust in God because he knew God's presence with him. And he looked forward to the day when he would know God's presence fully face to face. And God's presence with his people is the great end of all things, the great end of the homecoming story. These believers had God in their city. We have God in our hearts and we wait for the day when we will see him face to face. So Psalm 46 has had its lens focused on the people of God, comforting us with the power of God over the natural world and and his strong presence with us. And then from verse 8, it turns from focusing on God's people to speaking to all the nations of the earth, declaring God's power and his rule. From verse 8, Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. God is the king of the world, of the whole world. He is our refuge and strength, our help, but he's king of everything, everyone. There is no war outside his control. There is no injustice that happens without God seeing it. No king or president or ruler who is not accountable to the God of the Bible. He rules with strength. Did you hear that language in verse 8 and 9? He desolates his enemies. He ends wars with power. I wonder, do we see our God like that? When we see human conflict like like wars, refugee crises, greed, inequality, how do those things affect our view of God? How do we see God in the picture? Well, the, the writers of this psalm, they express their trust in God amid conflict in the human world, just like they did amid conflict in the natural world. The words that were translated raw and foam in verse 3 about nature are the same words translated as uproar and fall in verse 6 about the nations of the earth. So these, these two realms, these two things go together, the natural world and the human world, as they rise and fall in chaos. Through it all, we can trust God. I don't know about for you but for me sometimes this is hard when I watch the news and I see stories of civil wars and and rampant greed that makes a few rich and many poor when Australian society increasingly seems to abandon the ways that God calls us to live sometimes it's easy to lose sight of God's sovereignty isn't it but these verses they, they 
call us from falling into a godless view of the world. God is especially with his people, but he's no less present anywhere else. At your work, on your campus, in your family, and in parliament, and in the arts, and in every nation of the world, God reigns. He rules. He's in control. If you're a Christian, you are one who believes that this is God's domain. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He rules over elections and guides policymakers. He is the one who will bring justice for the persecuted and impoverished. He will judge corrupt and violent rulers. And that God, the Lord Almighty, the God of Jacob, is with us. He is our fortress. In verse 10, in this declaration of God's arresting power, he commands the foaming waters and the roaring kingdoms, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He's the one who with a word can bring the chaos of this world still who with a word can bring low his enemies. Could you imagine any greater comfort, anyone greater to live for, to worship, than this mighty God that we trust in? Friends, for those of us who who are Christians, who are followers of Jesus, we have even more reason for this trust than the psalmist did. The God of this psalm, the one who stills the chaos with a word, is the same one who rebuked the wind and the waves with a word and calmed the storm. Just as God stills the forces that threaten his people in Jerusalem, so Jesus stills the forces that threaten his disciples on the lake. All the power of this ruling God is in Jesus. And he is the one who promises to be with us until the very end of the age. He is the one, Hebrews 2 tells us, who breaks the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and frees those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Even the greatest enemies, the greatest threats to God's people, Satan and death, they need not be objects of fear for us. Satan's power has been broken by Jesus. When we see Satan's work in the world, we don't need to respond with fear, but with confidence, because the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. When we're confronted with the reality of death around us or ahead of us in our own path, we're not trapped by that fear. We're no longer slaves to the fear of death. Because in Jesus, we can have freedom. Let Psalm 46 be a comfort for you tonight. Brothers and sisters, God is your refuge. He is your strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble for you. And therefore, do not fear. Do not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Do not fear in the big events of the world. Do not fear when you watch the news. 
when geopolitical events or natural chaos threaten the peace of the world. Do not fear when the circumstances of your own life feel unbearable, when God feels far away. Do not fear because God is within you by his spirit. He will help you. He is helping you even now. He's always there. He's always doing something. Sometimes he's changing your circumstances for you. Sometimes he's changing you by your circumstances. But he's always doing something. He's always with you. He's always helping you. Why don't, why don't we pray to him and I'll thank God for his ever-present help for us. God, you are our refuge and our strength. You're a help in trouble. Help us to see you as sovereign over all the events of the natural world and the human world. Help us to find our hope and our trust, our confidence in you, and to not fear. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.